0: Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top-20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Stoddard Nation, you're in good hands with my girl, C.T., So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcasts. You can also get more information at keepoptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, when you start a path of entrepreneurship, we know that the road can be very hard. Early mornings, late nights, trying to find the right clients, vendors, the whole nine, right? But sometimes entrepreneurs are called to serve when people are in need. And our guest today has done that for the city of L.A., and beyond he is a keynote speaker and a graduate of Ohio University he has the honor of being a recipient of the of being a recipient of the very prestigious Forbes 30 under 30 list and apparel mag top under 30 elite he is the co-founder and CEO of indieSource an apparel manufacturer and fashion consultancy that is redefining the way clothing is developed produced and distributed in the United States he is my man Zach Hurley, Zach Attack. What's up, boss? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey man, you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup nation? Cause we can definitely use your help.
1: Always, always. I love working with entrepreneurs. That's what I've been doing basically my entire career. So, you know, I, I like to get in there and, you know, pull my sleeves up and make it happen.
0: I hear that. So, you know, and speaking of career, man, just share with us your origin story and your background a little bit if you don't mind. Zach.
1: Sure, yeah. So, like you said, I went to Ohio University. Um uh, little school up tucked in the Midwest is a great, great experience. I studied international business marketing and Spanish. I got really kind of, uh, I was always interested in business, but I, I was really interested in how we could pull together different groups of people. And, um, I didn't think that I would necessarily be able to do, you know, or use all of my degrees, but here I am, you know, 10 years later and I'm using them all. So, that. so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, I I worked for just a a short stint doing marketing, uh, uh, doing sales. Mm. I, I really, um, kind of, it wasn't very long that I sort of had a corporate type environment that I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, I really want to, I really want to do my own thing. I really want to start and create businesses and I'd always had that knack, you know, I mean, I always, just like, I'm sure a lot of people on your show is always, you know, selling candy on the school bus and Absolutely. doing different things to make money and hustling my whole life. And so it was very easy for me to do that. And, um, you know, when I was in college, one of my friends, uh, w- my actual current co-founder and I, we started a fraternity out there okay. in Ohio university. And, um, it was crazy. I mean, you, the, you don't believe the things you have to do to to bring a fraternity to life. And we were the non-hazing fraternity, mm. kind of like the old school model. We were like, all right, we don't like how the fraternities are on this campus, but we want to do something our own way. Of course. So we we pulled together, and, and over the course of four years, we got chartered. We had we got a house. We got all these different things, and you know, it it kind of made me think. You know, if if I can get all of these guys who just want to party to to do community service to get good grades. Right and to really like make a difference while we're you know they're not even getting paid and I think we could you know we could build something pretty cool outside of this in the real world absolutely and so me and um me and one of the guys that that started it you know we've we stayed in touch and um you know we had been communicating and and we started a one venture that was selling uh, apparel products into the United States because mm-hmm. we had met a Peruvian factory and so we were helping him get his products into the U.S. And, uh, basically what happened is I, I, one day uh, we flew down to Las Vegas and we were selling, selling this product into the U S market. And it was, it was really, really fun. The the product was amazing. We were selling it and we started to look around and we realized that a lot of the people at the other booths that were selling into different retail stores around the country, they were selling the same exact stuff as the guy next to them. Mm -hmm. It's really like, okay, that's weird. How come everybody's just printing on blank t-shirts from Gildan or from, you know, these, these companies that they're all look the same. right? And we started talking to people and we started to realize, man, like there's a lot of problems in this industry that we didn't really realize. And we started communicating with the, the folks that were building the, their business. And they said, yeah, man, the minimums are too high. We had trouble dealing with China. We got mm-hmm. issues with quality. Uh, you know, there's so many problems. We were like, man, okay, there's an opportunity here because so many people want to get into the game and the barrier to entry is starting to go, get lower because you can sell direct to consumer now, right. but that doesn't mean making the products is any easier. Right. Right. And so that was, that was sort of the genesis for like, wow, aha moment, big, serious problem going on. How can we jump in and fix it and sort of approach this as uh, you know, newer minds rather than the the people that have been in the industry for a long time.
0: Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you, you talked about, uh, being able to sell direct to consumer. Talk about how big of a game changer that was as opposed to before.
1: Well, I mean, it's a huge game changer to be able to communicate directly with the niche that right. you serve. Mm-hmm. And so before the way that I like to explain it is you have s- fewer brands and, you know, department stores that used to sell mass market. Right. right? And so everything sort of kind of fit, but sort of kind of didn't fit. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And you go to the store and it's just like, it was, it was generated to kind of be good enough for everybody. But today you don't have to do that today. What we can do because we can communicate directly with people who we're trying to serve. We can make product for them and for just a small niche. And so if you're uh, a lady who's very tall and you feel like you can't get that product in the market, you can create a line of clothing for tall women that only serves those kind of people. You know, if you're a guy that's really short, you can make clothing for that. You know, there's there's so many people that are left out, um, that are left out, you know, just in terms of not having the clothing that they want. And sometimes it's functional too. They just don't have, uh, there's other things that clothing can do. For example, like we make scrubs, we make, scrubs. Mm. We, make uh, and we invent things for people that, that come up with ideas that are apparel related. And so the, the game change is that because we can communicate directly with our consumers now that means we can build things that actually solve that problem. We don't have to make everything for everybody.
0: Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, and speaking of game change, you know, over the past couple of months, we've been dealing with, you know, this pandemic and stuff like that. And you kind of hit that pivot button yourself uh, as well. You know, getting into the mass game, kind of talk about that transition a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a scary time. I'm not going to lie. It it was, it was really, really confusing. You know, California was one of the first um, Mm -hmm. states to, basically say, all right, we're shutting down. Right. And we had, we did not see that coming. We're like, oh gosh, we're completely shutting down. And so obviously fear of having to lay everybody off, you know, I had 35 employees. And, right. and so, um, what we basically, you know, as we were looking into it, we were saying, okay, well, what can we do? There's there's just like that obvious light bulb of, oh, you know, we can make products that people need. And we also knew that most people were going to be trying to source stuff from China. We're like, well, we can do it right here and we can right. do it way faster than China. Right. So. You know i already have my team um you know when we're helping develop collections for entrepreneurs they work with project managers our pattern making team cutters sample makers so i have this amazing team that's there anyways right mm-hmm. so i'm like all right guys let's make some masks so you know we whip up a couple prototypes um tweak them a little bit make sure that they, that they really work we talk to certain um doctors that we have relationships with to make sure that it does the job from a medical perspective Right. And, you know, using like a tightly woven fabric rather than like a t-shirt material, right? right. Things like that. So it's more safe. Um, and then a pocket for a filter. Like we, we really made sure that the design was, was really, really flawless. Uh, and then once we did that, we, we actually did – what we, we practiced what we preach, right? right? So we moved quickly. We built a quick landing page on our website, and we started selling them direct right. And we just jumped dove right into it. And we continued to, that kind of like blew up because we were one of the first people to, to start selling. And then obviously other businesses and brands started reaching out and say, Hey, can you make me a few thousand masks and things right. like that? So, so over the course of, you know, I mean, we're still doing it, but over the course of the next three months, we produced like hundreds of thousands of masks for uh, different businesses that would sell and provide them. We sold on our site. We did a one for one model. we we're donating over, uh, I think at this point, point, sixteen or 17,000 masks wow. uh, to service workers, to uh, hospitals. Uh, I mean, anywhere that that really needs them will donate. Um, and so that's been a really gratifying aspect of it. And so, yeah, it's just a win-win-win. We kept our employees working safely. Uh, we were able to keep the company going. We are able to donate and everybody that you know got the mask was able to protect themselves
0: for sure thank you for sharing that and i know uh, the goal is to reach 50,000 000- Uh, mask donated correct if I remember in my prep correctly
1: yeah 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 we're working on it we're working on it
0: you're definitely on your way for sure and and I want to ask you more about that part a little bit later but I want to go back really quickly because you talked about you know scary time you got you know you got 35 employees talk about that conversation a little bit more in detail if you don't mind with those uh that conversation with your employees to kind of put them at my put them at ease put them at rest because look man there's a lot of people out here struggling and there's a lot of people who kind of lost jobs and stuff like that. Kind of talk about that conversation if you don't mind, Zach.
1: Well, I think it it always comes down to finding opportunity. Gotcha. You know, and so mm-hmm. no matter what situation you're in, you kind of have to take a step back and say, okay, well, what, if we can't do this thing that we wanted to do, what can we do? Right. What can we do now? What can we do? You know, talking to the state, talking to different people and, and, and figuring out what is uh, viable for us to do um, and what's not. And so things are, are going to be changing. And so I think, um, open communication, you know, we kept having conversations and, you know, hang, you know, virtual hangouts with our team to make sure that everybody knew like, Hey, we're all, you know, you guys are good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of keeping your head up and looking for the things that you can do. And a lot of people have pivoted and found ways that are even more profitable than the thing they were even doing before. For sure. So, Sometimes that happens and uh, you just got to look, you got to look to what problem can I solve? You know, we also started doing gowns for hospitals. I've never made gowns for hospitals before. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, that was just a matter of pivoting and we know how to cut and sew. We have all the the machines, so let's just do it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Just basically double down on what you already do best. Just kind of refocusing a little bit. No, I definitely uh, understand that for sure exactly me- yeah
1: exactly and a lot of brands uh, on the brand side sure. you know a lot of the brands that that were oh, you know having issues with the retailers i'm like double down online man mm-hmm. you got people that are at home right now they still need product they're still you know i mean look at the numbers like people are buying like crazy right now yeah, so it sure. definitely is the, the brands that were successful were the people that Actually, because, you, you know, you saw what happened. The big brands pulled all of their budgets from their marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when, when they did when they pulled all that budget um, on like Facebook and Instagram, the, it, it became cheaper for them to reach their customers if you if you stayed in. So the price went down because of less competition. So the people that stayed advertising continued to, to push their products out were usually successful.
0: For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. You know, also talk about, you know, uh, when you transitioned over uh, to mask and and stuff like that. Uh, you, you got the help and the aid of a doctor. I know when the the early days of the pandemic, you know, everybody and a mama started wearing masks, I mean, making masks or whatever. Right. And, but, but talk about that, that credibility and actually consulting with medical professionals before you made that, that mask. Cause I think that's really important.
1: Well, we just wanted to, you know, we're not medical professionals, so we wanted to understand like, like what was the thing that would make a mask be effective. and. So then we started to learn about like, oh, it's, it's, you know, traditionally, if you look at uh, the masks that are out there, the N95s or the surgical masks they're made out of a non-woven fabric. Mm-hmm. And so we started to learn about these types of fabrics. Like, oh, okay, they're not woven. They're actually like, it's, 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 it has to do with the heat. Right. And so there's fabrics, polypropylene, melt blown fabric and these other fabrics that are actually waterproof and they protect the particles of the virus from going through. Right. And so, like okay well how can you mimic those things in the end we we decided on having the best reusable tightly woven fabric we could find and then having a and then selling these N95 filters which you put inside of them and so that's what we do so you have the, the reusable thing the mask that you can buy in lots of different colors and then you have the filter that you trade out you know every so often um and so that ended up being the best functional thing that we could do and it looks really good it's comfortable it looks good And you're not wearing like a, like a, like a, a mask like you're going into
0: the ER. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that because that, that that can be a bit off-putting, but I, I like the mask that uh, you guys make because it has a little bit of personality to it, a little bit of flavor, a little bit of, you know, a little swag to it. You know what I mean? So Yeah, you got to have a little swag. Exactly.
1: But like, think about if, it. If, if, if everybody's wearing them, you know, you want to wear something that's kind of like unique to whatever your style is. So exactly. That's what we're going for.
0: Exactly. Like you just said, if you got to wear them, why, why not put a little swag on it? And, and you know, Startup Nation, if you want to check out uh, some of those masks, we have a link there in the show notes if you listen to the replay on the podcast and if you listen on radio it's indiesource.com uh, and you look at the top of the website you have masks and you can go ahead and purchase those masks i uh have to 100 agree uh with zach because i i actually have uh one of their masks it, it's comfortable it's easy to use have a slot for the filter it's just uh so awesome uh to have that you know like i said you know have a little swag with it so i, I appreciate all of that for sure zach <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, no worries. No worries. But, you know, let, let me ask you uh, this, because I know we talked about, you know, your, your donating mash you got the goal of 50,000 masks. Kind of tell me a little bit about that goal and, and tell me a little bit about the mask truck, man. I've kind of seen that video uh, <laughs> there you know, in the ice cream truck. Kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Well. Well, so, I mean, we were, we, we, what we were doing, you know, we had a long list of people that reached out for donations. And so we went through that list and we were sending them out to people all over the country, right? Different hospitals and different folks that reached out. And then, so as we're getting to the bottom of that list, we're like, all right, what are we going to do next? We were like, well, we got to do something like, like, I'm sick of just sending stuff in the mail, you know? And then they would send us pictures. And so we could see what, you know, where it was going. So like, let's just get out there and like start donating. them. (laughs) Uh, And so what we did is we rented a mask truck sorry we did not rent a mask truck we rented an ice cream truck right um and we converted it into a mask truck and we put pictures of the mask just like you know the old school yeah, <laughs> right. still today just right. like the ice cream trucks so instead of ice cream on the outside of the ice cream truck it was masks mm-hmm. and honestly just seeing people's faces that day was so worth it because right. you see everybody th- that we passed just cracked up immediately you know because it's like it was kind of in the be- it was still when it was really really tense that people were kind of like Oh, man. They were great! And so seeing that just kind of like it, it created a, a really fun environment. And we went to different hospitals. We stopped at, you know, Trader Joe's and different grocery stores. And the whole video is just like clips of me just going out and just donating them um and and then dancing on top of it. So, yeah, that's basically that.
0: <laughs> sure. you know and, and, and I love that because the thing is, it's like, look, man, you know there's there's a lot of people going through it uh, these days. And so if you can, a, you know, serve the people by donating masks, but also B, uh, you know, e- even if they weren't getting the donation at that time or something like that, just to have a smile on their face, man, like that's, that, that, that's me, that means something to people, especially in, in, in this day and age where we're just, we're looking for any ounce. And I do mean any ounce of just hope, uh, and, and goodwill and belief in the human spirit. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate you sharing that story, man.
2: Yeah, no problem.
0: For sure. So, you know, I, I know, you know like I said, you're there in LA, you know, Mayor Eric Garcetti said, you know, everybody needs to wear a mask and stuff like that. And I know uh you kind of work in a uh, or you know, volunteer or part of an organization uh that he's a part of or kind of headed up and 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 spurring entrepreneurship there uh in the Los Angeles area. When he uh you know talked about, you know, moving Los Angeles forward and stuff like that, uh did you feel a sense of, you know, uh uh call to duty? Uh, if you will, you know, with what you're doing,
1: I feel that, yeah. I mean, I think it's like one of those things where, when there's something happening, I think the the older I get, the more I realize like nobody's gonna just make, no one's gonna take action, like unless you take action. Right. Like, it's, there's certain people, and you and we know as a fact from this experience that people are very slow to take action, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, very slow, and I think you know. California did a pretty good job of pr- very early being like, Hey, we got to shut down. You right. know, it's the right thing to do now. They made a mistake because then they opened up and then of course it got much worse. <laughs> right. But so, but the point is, is, you know, you can't always rely on the leaders to know everything. And That's so right. you kind of have to, you have to work with them as best you can and then work with your small little ecosystem and support those people that you have around you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the people on your show are, extremely capable of supporting um when when times are tough and yeah you got to work with the public officials but you also got to like work with your your small teams and make stuff happen ground roots
0: for sure let me ask you this quick question because you know you're the co-founder ceo of of a company so you are a leader as well let me ask you this you talked about some leaders are slow to act why do you think that is is it fear of being wrong Is it fear of uh, you know, not being the first to be out there. Why do you think sometimes not all the time, because sometimes it's okay to be measured and reserve and and, and be methodical about moving forward. But for those, those times where it's too, you're moving too slow or leaders are moving too slow. Why do you think that is in your opinion?
1: It's well, I know the answer to this because when I'm, you know, I have hundreds of entrepreneurs that come to us and pitch their ideas for products. right? Right. And, the average amount of time when I'm like, how long have you been thinking about this idea? Mm-hmm. It's always years, it's never months, mm. you know what I mean? And so I know for a fact that that people are slow to act. <laughs> right? <laughs> because so, I'm like, man, if, that, if if almost everybody says years, not months, then that's way too slow, right? right? And it means that they're just now coming to me to talk about validating that. Um, and I know it comes from a place of fear, I think people get scared um, about failure. And and I mean, honestly, like part of the reason we started Indie Source is because I think one of the other things is people don't know what to do first. Right. Right? So they're like, okay, I have this idea. What do I do first? I'm not just going to like call some random person in Alibaba and like pray that they make it work. Mm. So I don't like those options. I don't like that it's not clear. What do I do? I want to start a product. This is what I do first. That bothered me. So part of what we're trying to solve is to be like, okay, you can have that fear. I can't, you know, I can do so only so much to make you have no fear, but at least I'm going to give you a very clear path forward to getting your thing started so that, you know, all right, first step, call Andy source, you know, bring in my samples and bring in my ideas of fabrics and all these different things that I like. And we, we put together a plan with them, you know, like that's now like step one.
0: Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing it. So I, I want to ask you this as, you know, kind of transition a little bit here, you know, so I mean, the, now, based on certain estimates, you know, this pandemic may be here uh, for a while, but we do anticipate that eventually it will go away. Talk about the transition or what that would possibly look like as you transition out of kind of like you know being uh not necessarily primarily but a large focus of making mass back into uh the old way of business the old business model or the original business model of indie source kind of talk about that transition out of the pandemic back into uh whatever normal is you know what i mean
1: well i mean and, and so like what 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 would that look like for us yeah well you know we're already starting we're, we're doing that right we're okay. we're we have, uh, we're making other products as well. Um, and the transition is is that we're doing both. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still making masks and, and gowns and we're moving into, uh, there's, let me put it this way. Right now, you have thousands of people that are sitting at home and they're like, you know that idea that I have. I got to make that thing happen. Like mm-hmm. what better time than right now when I'm sitting at home, right? <laughs> than to actually take action on that thing. So we have gotten more, inquiries and requests and these kickoff meetings that we do than we've ever had because people are kind of faced with that thing where they're like, all right, I'm either going to do this now or, or never. So, so it's been a a good time for people to take action. And, um, you know, being that we're in Los Angeles and we do use a lot of technology, we're able to do it remotely. So instead of having people come in, we do a, a remote kickoff meeting, Um, once we start the project, they have a project manager that sends them fabric swatches to approve with all the details and the pricing. Mm -hmm. We, we even do our patterns all digitally. So anything that can be done remote is done remote. And the things that cannot be done remote are done safely. And, um, it's a great time to develop a, a collection, um, to make something that doesn't exist to solve a problem and then to put it out in the market and specifically show it to the people that you think really need it and not just a guest to really know.
0: All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Check it out, Startup Nation. I know many of you are trying to improve your marketing performance, right? You have your business or your e-commerce store, and you're trying to increase that brand awareness. No worries. I got you. You should listen to the brand new Keep Optimizing podcast. That's optimizing with an S and not a Z. It's a marketing podcast that will provide you with not only the latest tips and advice in the game, but also you will hear from experts in their field when it comes to email marketing, SEO, and more. This is a must-listen-to podcast for my e-commerce entrepreneurs. It's hosted by Chloe Thomas, who is a 15-year marketing expert, best-selling author, and award-winning podcast host. It's already a top 20 marketing podcast in seven countries, so clearly you're going to get amazing value every episode. So as you can see, Stoddard Nation, you're in good hands with my girl, CT. So listen and subscribe to the Keep Optimizing podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you like to get your favorite podcast. You can also get more information at KeepOptimizing.com. The link is there in the show notes. Auralex powers this episode of the startup life startup nation as a podcaster radio host and business owner i know a thing or two about the need for your message to come through clearly to your target audience the last thing you want when trying to close a big deal over the phone or giving a sales presentation in your conference room is to have the person you are talking to be distracted by either the fact that you sound like you're in a warehouse or an outside noise like a fire truck trust me startup nation I know this all too well from experience, and that is why Aurelex has your back. Aurelex Acoustics creates professionally tested products that you can trust in a commercial space or at home. Better office acoustics improves intelligibility when video conferencing or generic conversation reduces stress and helps build a proactive work atmosphere. From a home studio for my content creators to your office space downtown, your gear performs better in an acoustically treated room. Trust me, you are in good hands with Auralex as they are the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. Also, you can download the Oral-X Acoustic Treatment mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store to give you specifically designed and instantaneous recommendations for various room types. Go to oralx.com and use the promo code STARTUP in all caps for 10% off your entire order. The link is there in the show notes if you are listening to the replay on the podcast. So if you are ready to stop sounding like you're having a sales meeting in a sports arena, go with Auralex. Professional audio made simple. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract, and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself, all online, avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system. Which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash Startup Life. That's T R E S T A dot com forward slash startup life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. And Startup Nation, once again, we're talking to Zach Hurley, the co-founder and CEO uh, of Indie Source. And speaking of you were saying that uh, it, it's a great time to kind of start a brand and stuff like that in the blog post on the website, IndieSource.com forward slash Indie uh, dash blog, you have a blog post that talks about that. Why now is the best time uh, to start your Uh, apparel brand kind of talk about uh, that little bit. What are some of those, those, those first steps that, you know, they should really kind of take and take into mind uh, of a an apparel brand.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing is knowing what you want to make, right? Because nobody's going to be able to tell you, all right, I'm doing a kid's clothing line, or I'm creating, you know, uh, a pair of, of leggings that are made out of silver or, you know, you you don't have to know all the answers but you do have to know generally what you're creating if that makes sense and so yeah basically you just need to to pull that together and uh come prepared uh with exactly what you you want to create and then from there our team will help you um sort of build it Uh, we we ask you to bring reference samples so different garments that kind of show the aspects of what you're looking to create it could be a fabric it could be a stitching that you see that you like it could be draw court like anything that you have and those are used as reference samples and that's kind of the the structure that allows us to to make our development really smooth Um, so you bring that in you fill out a, a cheat sheet that we have on our site and you book a kickoff meeting and you sit down with one of our experts that this is all they do is they help build brands. And so you tell them, you sit down with them, and you you go through and, and really get clear on the plan. At the end of that meeting, we give them a quote for the project, uh, which includes everything, the project management, sourcing, patterns, all the samples, everything you need to get your thing ready to go. Uh, we also support brands in marketing. We run ads for them. We build websites. We do photography. We do a lot of behind-the-scenes footage because we think that most manufacturing is pretty, uh, you know, it's behind closed doors. And so we want, we want our brands that we work with to be able to show their customers how things are being made. Mm-hmm. And so the best way we can do that is to just give it to them.
0: <laughs> gotcha. For sure. For sure. What are, what are some of the crazy idea, craziest ideas you've seen for apparel brands kind of come across your desk, Zach? Crazy ideas. Yeah. for I mean, like, people wow, I see that one coming. No, something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, things like, um, like, like anti-gravity suits,
0: wow, uh, okay. using like <laughs>
1: elastic. Uh, we had, uh, we, we made a product, you know, the, the baseball player, hall of fame, Rod Carew. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. So he's one of our clients and he has a, a certain heart condition. Okay. And, uh, basically he created the shirt that allows him to put, um, all of his health, all, you know, all of his like uh, the monitoring equipment mm. in and strap it in so that it's not like you know lugging him around. Gotcha. And so it's like a, it's very specific to this particular like heart condition. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and so we've also done some other stuff in the health space with picks and and um, uh, e- accessibility so that you don't have to. You know, people who need to put an IV in don't need to uh, actually like take their shirt off. Right. Um, so a lot of things that are very functional and unique and and really like creative and then other things that are like more outrageous. Like we made a, we made pillows of a Corgi's butt. Like, I don't even know, (laughs) (laughs) like someone just had that idea and that's what we did. So, I mean, literally, so we've done over 500 of, of these, like five, we worked with over 500 different brands. Nice. So I honestly, Sometimes it's fun to look back and be like, "Oh yeah,
0: I can't believe we did that." <laughs> right? Yeah, like that that corgi's butt thing. That's that's out there. I, I wasn't expecting that. We're not even going to lie to you, Zach, for sure. But but it do, You do bring up an interesting point because it, it kind of talks about. Uh, maybe the next evolution or the next phase of, of fashion and stuff like that. You're there in the heart of the LA fashion district. So you probably, you definitely have your pulse on what kind of what's next. Uh, and so that's kind of what I want to ask you. Uh, what is next in the fashion game? I, I know I see a lot of articles. Obviously they're like prototypes, but there's a lot of like, uh, tech and wearable kind of, you know, uh, scenarios into uh, fashion. I've seen an article where, uh, you know, for women's clothing, you can kind of get an alert if, if if a guy is kind of staring at you a little bit too hard or something like that. <laughs> or oh, uh, I know, right? Or I've seen one where you can have a pair of shoes and you can, like with an app, you can change the color of it, change the design of it right there on the app and it kind of changes in real time, which is just crazy to me. Uh, so I guess, what are you seeing? What are you seeing kind of like that next step, that next phase of fashion that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think on the tech side, you are going to see more of an integration of hard, hard materials with the soft right, materials. Right. So like that, that, you know, sewn products that have a technology element because you can't make, you know, fabric glow. So you're going to need to use some sort of technology <laughs> there. Right. Um, and more smart technology, it, you know, I think one of the things that... Um, you're sort of playing in two realms. You have mm-hmm. the, the brands that are making products for people who don't know they need the thing yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's more, I'm going to sell you something new, right? Um, whether that's tech or a new lifestyle brand. And then you are on the other side where it's like, there's all of these problems and we can solve them. I tend to be like, I like when the people bring me these ideas for the new stuff and we execute them. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's so many issues out there. Um, and so many problems to be solved that I really like working on that kind of stuff too, because there's, you know, like I was saying before, when you have the democratization of apparel, it means anybody can get in and solve things. And, and so I think that, um, you'll start to see more collaborations in new kinds of ways. I see a lot of uh, musicians and athletes come to us to make apparel brands, um, so instead of just like large corporations doing that, you have individuals that are building brands around their themselves and their audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll see a a different type of convergence between music, sports apparel Mm -hmm. in a new way, Mm -hmm. because now it's not just people, you know, sponsoring it's, you know, these people own the products. So we're working with influencers and athletes and, and also like bigger brands that are looking to create like offshoot apparel stuff. And so kind of unique, uh, intersections between multiple um sort of categories is what i'm seeing
0: gotcha you, you know what let me, let me ask you this because you talked about you know working with influencers you talked about working with uh, a hall of famer uh, and stuff like that when you have like these you know celebrities and influencers and people like that uh who want to start an apparel brand and they have like these these i'm not gonna say you know uh ideas that can't work but they have ideas it's kind of like we might need to kind of reined it in just a little bit kind of talk about those conversations because it's like you want their business but you also want to set real expectations right
1: yeah i mean look i've been surprised sometimes i think there are things that i think won't work that do work so Mm -hmm. i can't always be like the end judge at the end of the day it's it's again what we're trying to do is provide products to a niche and i might not be part of that niche so i try to be fair when it comes to telling people that their ideas aren't going to work Gotcha. Um and but yeah there are times where it's like hey I'll tell you when I do tell people their ideas sure. aren't going to work. When people come to me and they say I want to make a a product that's going to be you know it's going to be for men and women ages 10 to 80 it's going to be <laughs> gotcha. like your everyday girl kind of stuff Fair you know enough. it's going to get all the men all the kids it's it's like you can't do that. Right. So the only thing I do know is not going to work is when you try to build something that's for everybody. Right. It's impossible. Um and even if you have tons of money, it's still extremely hard to do. And so, outside of that, as long as what they're showing me is niche, it's 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 like these are the type of customers that I'm that I'm selling this to, and it's it's a person, it's like a human being with a demographic. It's not like a big range. Right. Then it's like okay, all right, I can, I see where you're coming from. And then what I'll do is try to guide them through the financial aspect. Okay, well, what are these people willing to pay for this garment, right? Because mm-hmm. you know who they are. What are they willing to pay? You can't just. it's got to align with that demographic and what they can pay. Okay. So they are willing to pay $70. All right, cool. So let's work backwards and figure out what kind of margin you need to run a successful business on that. And so then we look at our margin. We say, okay, this is how much money we have to play with, to be able to find, you know, to add fabric, to do your printing, cut and sew. And so instead of making it like you just create something and then you pray, you build it backwards. You start with the customer you think about the price point that they're willing to pay. You think about what your brand needs to, to make in terms of margin to be sustaining, how much it's going to cost to acquire a customer, and you put together a product that's going to allow you to scale.
0: For sure. For sure. Thank you uh, for sharing that. You know, talk about your co-founder. A little bit in your relationship, you know, as opposed to what it was before. I mean, you know, a few years ago as it is now and how you guys do business.
1: Yeah, sure. So my co-founder, I guess when we first, I think the probably most notable thing. Uh So we're good friends. We're good friends. And we we work really well together. And I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that we have finally got into, which I think is really, really important, is that we have different areas of focus. Mm. So. He kind of is over. He's the COOC's so oversight on the fulfillment side of the business, and I'm on the front end side of the business. Right. Um, and so, I think if you're going to have a partner, it's really critical that you guys focus on different areas, um, and you don't leave don't leave sales hanging, and don't leave the ops hanging. So it's good to have two people. So you have one person on each side, um, making sure that the execution is done and that the, you're bringing in enough revenue to keep the um, oxygen flowing into the business.
0: Gotcha. No, that's, that's super important. And, and it seems like you guys have built that, that cohesion over time and it is working pretty well for you.
1: Yeah, it's working well. It takes time and depending on the kind of business you're running, it'll be different. So, um, I just, uh, yeah, I can't harp enough on the fact that you have to, if, if you do have a partner, make sure you divide responsibilities and make sure that both of you are clear about what that, what that looks like. And then, um, you'll be in a position to be successful.
0: How did you work through, you know, if there were any rough patches and, you know, and, in, in building that cohesion, how did you work through those, co- the, those rough patches?
1: You got to talk it out, man. You got <laughs> to gotcha. sit down. You got to, so if you're frustrated, you got to write it out. You write it out. You say, here are the things that I'm seeing. This gotcha. is what, uh, this is what it feels like for me. I think it's no different than any type of relationship. You for know, sure. it's like a, whether you have a marriage or you have friendships or anything like that. Um, I don't take things personal. He doesn't take things personal. So we, you know, we worked through the challenges together. And um, the longer you do it, the easier it gets.
0: For sure. I appreciate you sharing that once again startup nation we're actually uh wrapping up with zach hurley co-founder and ceo of indy source make sure you go ahead and check out that website we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast and if you're listening on radio it is indiesource.com dot uh, com once again that link is there in the show notes uh for easy access uh so let me ask you this man for zach hurley and his path of entrepreneurship, what, what's, what's next for him? How is he uh, ever evolving? What does that look like for you?
1: Well, uh, right now <clears throat> it's really important to me that we find um, that we cr- are creating brands that are sustainable. Okay. Uh, and, 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 you know, not just ethical but sustainable in terms of the planet. And so um, I think the evolution of Indie Source is going to be one that allows us to really probably a bit more global. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, um, for me, you know, it's just making sure that I'm spending my time in the areas that are going to be like beneficial for the company long-term. Got you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love business. I love entrepreneurship. Um, I'm always going to be one. And so, um, it's not just about fashion to me. I like, you know, I, I'll, I'll dive into any sort of industry and try to solve problems with people. Um, and I hope that my, you know, path takes me, uh, in a direction allows me to continue to do that. Gotcha.
0: You know, you, you talked about just now about building brands that are sustainable, but also, uh, uh, ethical talk about the ethical piece. You know, what does that look like? What is it? Why is that important to you?
1: Well, so the problem generally in our industry, one of the many problems is like, sure. you have these retailers or these brands that push down the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And so then they're, they're doing everything for pennies. And so, um, I'm trying to reimagine ways that we can build brands um, in a way that's that makes everybody win rather than just certain people. Win. Understood. You know, Understood. so and so in reimagining that it requires certain things, it requires having um, the end consumer mm-hmm. um, buy directly from less people. So there's less people in the middle. Um, it requires that, you know, there's. Open communication and transparency with who's making what kind of product and how they're being treated and where they're at and what's going on. Um, I'm going down. So one of the things that we started to do is sort of expand into um, Mexico, and I want I'm getting our, our factory in Mexico fair trade certified. Okay. Um, and so, like, there's certain certifications that basically ensure that the employees working at a certain location get some of the money that comes in. Got you. So it's, like a, it's kind of like that, like, a. you know, in the U S we have like employee, like, a, a profit sharing or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's similar to that, which, you know, is beneficial. And so, uh, you know, in school I studied international business and I really loved international development, which mm-hmm. is like going into other places in the, in the world that need support and using your business mind to create solutions for them. And so, yeah, to be totally honest, what I would, what I want to spend my time doing is figuring out how can I use the the tools that I have to support communities that, um, that need like my brain on it, you know? And so because I'm in apparel right now, I think the best way I can support them is going in and, and setting up structures so that we can continue to do what we do. Um, even if we're producing in say Mexico or in Guatemala, we know that we're building a factory that's that the people are being paid well, Mm -hmm. that the fabric is, we're using sustainable materials and just continuing to get educated myself and educate other people about uh, their buying decisions and to show the impact of what we do um, in our work and what that means for the planet. So it's an ongoing thing. I don't have all the answers, uh, but, but, you know, I want to be a steward and a a guide for those that are looking to get started. And um, I think if we can do that, then, you know, as, as the years go on, we'll be in a much better position to, to build products and not hurt the environment.
0: I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, for sure. Zach may, man, what's your entrepreneur superpower and why?
1: My entrepreneur superpower is convincing people that they can do what they want to do, mm. you know? And right. so, like I was saying before, is that yeah, I, I, I know, and this is, I don't like, I'll be honest with you. I talk to my whole family, you know, my Mm -hmm. family comes to me for business. They want to talk about this and that, and I'll get in the weeds with them. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll show them how to build a funnel in their marketing. I'll talk with them about the, the, I love to get into the weeds, trust me. But at the end of the day, it's always the same answer, which is get into action, start doing something right. Just get moving. Right. And so I love to prove people, um, wrong when they are kind of stagnant and scared and they think they can't do something. Right.
0: Isn't that the best feeling? Like when they say like, man, I don't know, I can do it. And then you, you give them some tools of the tools and tricks of the trade, and they start to get some traction and get some momentum. And it's like, man, I didn't know I could do that. That, That's just the greatest feeling in the world, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah. You just, it's just, it's you and yourself. So it's like, because I've, I've like been fortunate enough to, to, and look like most people, there's so many things that go into it. Right. If you're not brought up in a, in a house where you have like just love and support from your family to try new things. Like, of course, as an adult, you're not going to want to do that. Right? right. So I, for me, I'm like, I've just been so lucky that I had a that were so encouraging. So it's like, because I've been given that, I want to be able to support people that are, that need that too, you know? Gotcha. And so, so that's what, just like you said, it feels good to get people on their feet to get them rolling. And, and show them the confidence of what they need to do and to put their t- uh, t- um, intention on the right areas. Right? right. So that they're not just, just cause you're working doesn't mean you're working on the right stuff.
0: I hear that. I hear that. It's, it's definitely that, uh, you don't. You definitely don't want to be that that inflatable at the car dealership, right? Where it's like it's moving, but it ain't really going nowhere. So I definitely <laughs> understand that. Uh, yes, that's right for, sure, for sure. Uh, and, and startup nation. Before I ask the last question, I just want to say, Zach, man, Zach Attack, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. And once again, startup nation, that website is indiesource.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you're listening to the replay on. The podcast. So, Zach, I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you, man. You kind of did this, but I want you to uh, put your put your foot in this one this time. Look, there's people who are feeling discouraged, feeling kind of down. Talk to Startup Nation and give them some words of encouragement for today, good sir.
1: Well, I'm I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure if you look across history and you you look at uh, which companies are the biggest, they all came from moments in time where there was something bad going on. Right, they all came from uh recessions or something, some sort of like thing happening in the world. And the reason that 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 happened is because there were individuals in those organizations that saw opportunity rather than just you know put their feet up and said, All right, let's just wait it out. So now is the most important time for you to get to work, not to put your feet up, not to wait out this thing because we don't know how long this is going to be. Right, but what we know is that there's always opportunity in times like this. Opportunity to help people, opportunity to help yourself, and um, you know whether you're looking to start uh, you know a business and cut and sewn goods. I mean, we do everything from apparel to accessories to home goods stuff sometimes. So, but there there also might be products that you want to make that aren't tech, you know. And so, regardless of what it is that you want to do, get out there and start taking action. Don't get stuck in research phase. You got to get on the phone with people. You got to get in front of people, even if you can't go see them physically. Do a Zoom and see their face. And start to get some real momentum going. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are looking to do that too. So groups like this is, I mean, your startup life is just, it's just great to have this sort of community. Um, and yeah, just get started is the most important thing. Uh, there are people out there that have done um, aspects of what you want to do. And so lean on them heavy to get you to that next phase and focus on driving yourself forward and uh, you'll be successful.
0: I hear that. Awesome stuff. And that's going to wrap up this session of the startup life. We want to once again, thank the co-founder, CEO of IndieSource, Zach Hurley. Appreciate you so much, my man. Yeah. Thank
1: you, Dominic. Great to be here.
0: No worries. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, startup nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play,